Hey everyone, so it's been a little while since I uh, had done one of these, and uh, it's a new year since the last time I recorded one of these, it were in 2021. Now, um, I haven't done one of these in a while, just because I've been pretty busy, kind of. Um, like, I've only been getting one day off a week, pretty much, uh, from work, and, uh, I also started writing blogs, which, if you're listening to this, I don't think anybody's been listening to my podcast, but if you do find yourself listening to this, uh, and you want to check out my blogs, um, they are, uh, the blog site. Uh, for my blogs is called Jared's Thoughts. Uh, I have 17 blogs up now. Um, but, it, anyways, yeah, so I've been d- doing blogs. I'm still gonna be doing blogs and try to get these in, uh, every now and then when I feel like it. Cause when I have some downtime, I feel like relaxing a lot of the time. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I've been busy with work and blogging and, um, and I've been, uh, able to be a part of a really cool project. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so here's, uh, another one of these. It, to, so today I will be reading the 19th story in the book Grimm's Complete Fairy Tales from the Brothers Grimm. And this is actually my first story back doing this. It's actually a really long story, so my voice might get pretty tired. Um, but it's the 19th story, and it is titled The Fisherman and His Wife. Uh, so, uh, here it goes. There was once upon a time a fisherman who lived with his wife in a miserable pigsty close by the sea. And every day he went out fishing. And once as he was sitting with his rod, looking at the clear water, his line suddenly went down, far down below. And when he drew it up again, he brought out a large flounder. Then the flounder said to him, Listen, you fisherman, I pray you, let me live. I am no flounder, really, but an enchanted prince. What good will it do you to kill me? I should not be good to eat. Put me in the water again and let me go. Come, said the fisherman. There is no need for so many words about it. A fish that can talk I should certainly let go. Anyhow, with with that he put him back again into the clear water. And the flounder went to the bottom, leaving a long strake of blood behind him. Then the fisherman got up and went home to his wife in the pigsty. Husband, said the woman, have you caught nothing today? No, said the man. I did did catch a flounder who said he was an enchanted prince, so I let him go again. Did you not wish for anything first, said the woman? No, said the man. What should I wish for? Mm. 
Ah, said the woman, it is surely hard to have to live always in this dirty pigsty. You might have wished for a small cottage for us. Go back and call him. Tell him we want to have a small cottage. He will certainly give us that. Ah, said the man, why should I go there again? Why, said the woman, you did catch him and let you let him go again. He is sure to do it. Go at once. The man still did not quite like to go, but did not like to oppose his wife and went to the sea. When he got there, the sea was all green and yellow and no longer so smooth. So he stood still and said, Flounder, flounder in the sea. Come, I pray you, here to me. For my wife, good Isabel, has sent me here against my will. Then the flounder came swimming to him and said, Well, what does she want then? Ah, said the man, I did catch you, and my wife says I really ought to have wished for something. She does not like to live in a wretched pigsty any longer. She would like to have a, a cottage. Go then, said the flounder. She has it already. When the man went home, his wife was no longer in the pigsty, but instead of it there stood a small cottage, and she was sitting on a bench before the door. Then she took him by the hand and said to him, Just come inside. Look, now isn't this a great deal better? So they went in, and there was a small porch and a pretty little parlor and bedroom, and a kitchen and pantry with the best of furniture, and fitted up with the most beautiful things made of tin and brass, whatever was wanted. And behind the cottage there was a small yard with hens and ducks and little garden uh, with flowers and fruit. Look, said the wife, is not that nice? Uh, yes, said the husband, and so we must always think it. Now we will live quite contented. We will think about that, said the wife with that that they ate something and went to bed. Everything went well for a week or a fortnight, and then the woman said, Listen, husband, this cottage is far too small for us, and the garden y yard are little. The flounder might just as well have given us a larger house. I should like to live in a great stone castle. Go to the flounder and tell him to give us a castle. Ah, wife, said the man, the cottage is quite good enough. Why should we live in a castle? What? said the woman. Just go there. The flounder can always do that. No, wife, said the man. The flounder has just given us a cottage. I do not like to go back soon. It might make him angry. Go, said the woman. He can do it quite easily and will be glad to do it. Just you go to him. The man's heart grew heavy, and he did not want to go. He said to himself, It is not right. 
and yet he went, and when he came to the sea, the, the water was quite purple and dark blue and gray and thick and no longer so green and yellow. But it was still quiet, and he stood there and said, Flounder, flounder in the sea, come, I pray you, here to me. For my wife, good Isabel, has sent me here against my will. Well, what does she want then? said the flounder. Alas, uh, said the man, half scared, she wants to live in a great stone castle. Go to it, then. She is standing before the door said the flounder. Then the man went away, intending to go home. But when he got there, he found a great stone palace, and his wife was just standing on the steps, going in. And she took him by the hand and said, Come in. So he went in with her, and in the castle was a great hall paved with marble, and many servants who flung the doors open wide. And the walls were all bright with beautiful hangings, and in the rooms were chairs and tables of pure gold and crystal chandeliers hung from the ceiling, and all the rooms and bedrooms in it had carpets, and food and wine of the very best were standing on all the tables, so that they nearly broke down and beneath it. Behind the house, too, there was a great courtyard with stables for horses and cows, and the very best of carriages. There was a magnificent large garden, too, with the most beautiful flowers and fruit trees, and a park half a mile long, in which were stags, deer, and hares, and everything that could be desired. Come, said the woman, isn't that beautiful? Yes, indeed, said the man. Now let it be, and we will live in this beautiful castle and be content. We will consider about that, said the woman, and sleep upon it. Then they went to bed. Next morning the wife awoke first, and it was just daybreak. And from her bed she saw the beautiful country lying before her. Her husband was still stretching himself, so she poked him in the side with her elbow and said, Get up, husband, and just peep out the window. Look, you, couldn't we be the king over all that land? Go to the flounder, we will be king. Ah, wife, said the man, why should we be king? I do not want to be king. Well, said the wife, if you won't be king, I will. Go to the flounder, for I will be king. Ah, wife, said the man, why do you want to be king? I do not want to say that to him. Why not, said the woman, go to him this instant, I must be king. So the man went and was quite unhappy, because his wife wished to be king. It is not right, it is not right, thought he. He did not wish to go, but yet he went. And when he came to the sea, it was quite dark gray, and the water heaved up from below, and smelled putrid. Then he went and stood by it and said, Flounder, flounder in the sea, come, I pray you, here to me.
for my wife good Isabel, and sent me here against my will. Well, what does she want then? said the founder. Alas, uh, said the man, she wants to be king. Go to her, she is king already. So the man went, and when he came to the palace, the castle had become much longer, larger, and had a great tower and magnificent ornaments, and the, the sentinel was standing before the door, and there were numbers of soldiers with kettle drums and trumpets. And when he went inside the house, everything was of real marble and gold, with velvet covers and great golden tassels. Then the door of the hall were opened, and there was the golden the court in all its splendor, and his wife was sitting on a high throne of gold and diamonds, with a great crown of gold on her head, and a scepter of pure gold and jewels in her hand, and on both sides of her stood her maids in waiting in a, maids in waiting in a row, each of them always one head shorter than the last. Then he went and stood before her and said, Ah, w wife, now you are king. Yes, said the woman, now I am king. So he stood and looked at her, and when he had looked at her thus for some time, he said, Now that you are king, let us all else be. Now we will wish for nothing more. Nay, husband, said the woman quite anxiously. I find time passes very heavily. I can bear it no longer. Go to the flounder. I am king, but I must be emperor, too. Alas, wife, do you, why do you wish to be emperor? Husband, said she, go to the flounder. I will be emperor. Alas, wife, said the man, he cannot make you emperor. I may not say that to the fish. There is only one emperor in the land, and an emperor the flounder cannot make you. I assure you, he cannot. What? said the woman. I am the king, and you are nothing but my husband. Where you go this moment, go at once. If he can make a king, he can make an emperor. I will be emperor. Go instantly. So he was forced to go. As the man went, however, he was troubled in mind, and thought to himself, It will not end well, it will not end well. Uh, emperor is too shameless. The founder will at last be tired out. With that he reached the sea, and the sea was quite black and thick and began to boil up from below so that it threw up bubbles, and such a sharp wind blew over it that it curdled. And then man, the man was afraid. Then he went and stood by it and said, Flounder, flounder in the sea, come, I pray you, here to me. For my wife, good Isabel, has sent me here against my will. Well, what does she want, then? said the flounder, alas. Alas, flounder, said he, my wife wants to be emperor. Go to her, said the flounder, she is emperor already. So the man went, and when he got there, the whole palace was made of polished marble with 
of alabaster figures and golden ornaments, and soldiers were marching before the door blowing trumpets, and beating cymbals and drums, and in the house barons and counts and dukes were going about as servants. Then they opened the doors to him, which were made of pure gold. And when he entered, there sat his wife on a throne, which was made of one piece of gold, and was at least two miles high, and she wore a great golden crown that was three yards high, and set with diamonds and carbuncles, and in one hand she had the scepter, and in the other the imperial orb. And on both sides of her stood the yamen of the god and two rows, each being smaller than the one before him, from the biggest giant who was two miles high to the very smallest dwarf, just as big as my little finger. And before it stood a number of princes and dukes. Then the man went and stood among them and said, Wife, are you emperor now? Yes, said she, now I am emperor. Then he stood and looked at her well, and when he had looked at her for some time, he said, Ah, oh, wife, be content now that you are emperor. Husband, said she, why are you standing there? Now I am emperor, but I will be pope too. Go to the flounder. Alas, wife, said the man, what will you not wish for? You cannot be pope. There is but one Christian dome. He cannot make you pope. Husband, said she, I will be pope. Go immediately. I must be pope this very day. No, wife, said the man. I do not want to say that to him. That would not do. It is too much. The flounder can't make you pope. Husband, said she, what nonsense! If he can make an emperor, he can make a pope. Go to him directly. I am emperor, and you are nothing but my husband. Will you go at once? Then he was afraid and went, but he was quite faint and shivered and shook, and his knees legs and legs trembled. And a high wind blew over the land. The clouds flew and towered. Evening all grew dark, and the leaves fell from the trees, and the water rose and roared as if it were boiling and splashed upon the shore. And in the distance he saw ships were firing guns in distress, pitching and tossing on the waves, and yet in the mist of the sky there was still a small bit of blue, though on every side it was as red as in heavy in a heavy storm. So, full of despair, he went and stood in much fear and said, Flounder, flounder in the sea, come, I pray you, yet to me. For my wife, good Isabel, has sent me here against my will. Well, what does she want, then? said the flounder. Uh, alas, said the man, she wants to be Pope. Go to her, then, said the flounder. She is Pope already. So he went 
and when he got there, he saw what seemed to be a large church surrounded by palaces. He pushed his way through the crowd. Inside, however, everything was lighted up with thousands and thousands of candles, and his wife was clad in gold, and she was sitting on a much higher throne, and had three great golden crowns on, and round about her there was much ecclesiastical splendor. And on both sides of her was a row of candles, the largest of which was as tall as the very tallest tower, down to the very smallest kitchen candle. And on the, all the emperors and kings were on their knees before her, kissing her shoe. Wife, said the man, and looked attentively at her, are you now Pope? Yes, said she, I am Pope. So he stood and looked at her, and it was just as if he was looking at the bright sun. When he had stood looking at her thus for a short time, he said, Ah, wife, if you are Pope, do let well enough alone. But she looked at stiff as a post and did not move or show any signs of life. Then said he, Wife, now that you are Pope, be satisfied. You cannot become anything greater now. I will consider about that, said the woman. At this they both went to bed, but she was not satisfied, and greediness let her have no sleep, for she was continuing, continually thinking of what there was left for her to be. The man slept well and soundly, for he had run about a great deal during the day, but the woman could not fall asleep at all and flung herself from one side to the other the whole night through, thinking always what more was left for her to be. But unable to call to mind anything else, at length the sun began to rise, and when the woman saw the red of dawn, she sat up in bed and looked at and when through the window she saw the sun thus rising, she said, can I not, can I not, I, cannot I, cannot I, too, order the sun and moon to rise? Husband, she said, poking him in the ribs with her elbow, wake up, go to the flounder, for I wish to be like God is. The man was still half asleep, but was, he was so horrified that he fell out of bed. He thought he must have heard wrong and rubbed his eyes and said, Alas, wife, what are you saying? Husband, said she, if I can't order the sun and moon to rise and have to look on and see the sun moon and moon rising, I can't bear it. I shall not know what it is to have another happy hour unless I can, I can make them rise myself. Then she looked at him so terribly that a shudder ran over him and said, Go at once, I wish to be like God. Alas, wife, said the man, falling on his knees before her, the flounder cannot do that. He cannot, he can make thee an emperor and a pope. I beseech you, go as you are and be pope. Then she fell into a rage, and her hair flew wildly above, about her head, and she cried, I will not endure this. I'll not bear it any longer. Will you go? 
and he put on his trousers and ran away like a madman. But outside, a great storm was raging and blowing so hard that he could scarcely keep his feet. Houses and trees toppled over, the mountains trembled. Rocks rolled into the sea, the sky was pitch black, and it thundered and lightened, and the sea came in with black waves as high as church towers and mountains, all with crests of white foam at the top. Then he cried, but could not hear his own words. Flounder, flounder in the sea, come, I pray you, here to me. For my wife, good Isabel, has sent me here against my will. Well, what does she want then? said the flounder. Alas, said he, she wants to be like God. Go to her, and you will find her back again in the dirty pigsty. And there they are, living still at this very time. So that was the fairy tale of the fisherman and his wife. Man, that is such a long story to read out loud. Um, so, uh, real life lessons from that. Um, I think a big one is don't be greedy about what you have, um, or about what you want. Um, because there are consequences to things that you ask for. Uh, I feel like consequences has been a big one, uh, throughout this series. Um, for sure, uh, be careful what you ask for, um, it's another one, uh, because, uh, you might get it, and once again, there could be consequences for it, um, I, I think another life lesson from this could be, be thankful for what you have, um, because, um, you never know what might happen if things change. And uh, things change all the time, so just be thankful for what you have. Um, I find it interesting that the story starts out with them being in a, a pigsty, and they end up back at the pigsty because, you know, the wife just got way too greedy. Um, and uh, greediness is, can be thought of as being evil. Um, so, st stay away from evil, being greedy. Um, just another thing that you can kind of psychologically take from this is uh, money can't buy you happiness. Uh, the, the wife kept wanting something greater, something more, each and every time that she made a wish um, that her previous wish just wasn't good enough for her. She just had to have something greater, something better. So another life lesson out of this could be that um, money, although it wasn't necessarily money in the story, but you could take it, you could think of the wishes as being money um, uh, and her desire to have more money, more wealth. And uh, yeah, money doesn't buy happiness because that just goes to show she wanted... Uh, more money each wish, more wealth each wish, and with that wealth, it may have had temporary 
happiness or temporary uh, fulfillment, but it wasn't enough to fulfill her entire soul. And she just kept wanting more. And, just, and that's just like in real life with money, you know, um, some of the most wealthy people, some of the richest people don't have happiness. And that's because as much things that you can buy, as much expensive things you can buy, as much things that you can buy that you want, uh, money will not buy happiness. Like you may feel slight happiness at first or slight fulfillment at first, but it won't fulfill you. Um, so this story goes to show that money cannot buy happiness. So those are the things that I think are important out of this. Um, don't be greedy. There are consequences for your actions, uh, for things, for being greedy. Uh, be thankful for what you have. Uh, and, uh, be careful what you ask for. And, um, money can't buy happiness. I think those are all life lessons. At least those are the ones that I, was able to come up with, and, uh, so, yeah, and so, until my next podcast, um, I, I don't remember how I ended these, because it's been so long since I've done one of these, because of my busy schedule, but I think, if I haven't already, I want to start ending these, uh, podcasts of mine the same way that I've been ending my blogs, so, uh, this is how I'll be ending from now on, if I can remember to end it this way, um, so normally I would say, so until my next blog, but for this I'm going to say, so until my next podcast, I hope you all have beautiful days ahead of you.